In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in June of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard. While we recognize that our friend Mickey is dying, we would like to welcome you to another day of his life. Welcome, Mickey Weems. Aloha, eh, Donna. Aloha, eh. How are you right now? I'm doing okay. Okay. Do you, um, you've been having a little bit of uh, wheezing? Yes. You um, mentioned you want to talk about that? So, with the kind of cancer that I have, there are no um, obvious signs that I'm sick at all. Um, and since I'm not doing chemo or hormonal, my body is not changing with the, with the ways that those particular treatments would change them. So uh, the, um, the interesting thing about it is it's really easy for me to uh, almost, almost forget that I have cancer. Uh, to uh, and, and of course that that comes with something I've spoken about before that sometimes I feel like I'm not authentic because I don't carry the signs of it which is the irony of it the reason why I don't is because I'm not doing the treatments that would extend my life mm-hmm. so um, I constantly have to remind myself that if I'm tired it's because, you know, I am a person who was dying. I'm a person with stage four. If, uh, if, if, the, if I have these aches, then most likely it's because the cancer in my bones is signaling. It's causing pain. It's causing problems. Um, the fatigue that I constantly have. Uh, I, I've taken, I think, six or seven naps today. Um, also, I can't seem to sleep more than three hours at max, four hours a night. Um, but still I'm able to function to a degree that, um, makes life worth it. I am not ready to, to take the option of, um, what they call, let's see, aid and dying that I have because I'm, I'm on a program. I'm legally able to end my life whenever I choose. Um, I'm not to the point where I need to do that yet. So, um, I'm able to keep myself busy because of things like this podcast and other projects that I have. And, and, and the, so the, the wheezing is the result of it's a cancer signaling you. Right. I do believe it is. Uh, but that other, the thing is, it's like, it's almost like waiting for a train. Uh, I know that sooner or later, these things are going to start building up and they're going to get worse. So I'm preparing myself for that. You know, what's that going to look like? What am I going to do? When will I draw the line? When will I say enough is enough? And I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, I don't, you know, there's no guidebook for how to do cancer. Um, But I, well, maybe we're writing it right now because you're maybe we are yeah i suppose that what what i'm doing is i'm showing that that doesn't have to be scary yeah is that yeah yeah i know it's coming fine in the meantime i'm still here so might as well hang out with donna and james and susan you know (laughs) you guys are fun people nice 
I, I, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a been a very interesting ride, Nikki. Um, are, are, so you said, uh, dying doesn't have to be scary, but are you, are you scared sometimes? Are you frightened? Never. The only thing that I'm, I'm not afraid of death. Um, and we've talked about the reasons why I've had experiences. It's not because I'm a badass. Okay. It's just because I've had certain experiences where the universe has let me know some things that I don't think a whole lot of people have access to. At least people I've talked to have not. If, if, when I bring up these experiences, nobody seems to have a parallel um, to them that I've met yet. I'm sure that they're out there. Um, and so as a consequence, I consider myself to be blessed. Um, not necessarily special, but I'm blessed with these things. And I try to... When, because I'm given these experiences, because I'm given this perspective where I don't fear death, I feel like I have the obligation to help others who do say, okay, here's, here's another way you can look at it. And, and you're talking to somebody, maybe you have not had these experiences, but you're talking to somebody who has. And if you take any, you know, if, if you take any credence to anything I'm saying, maybe my words can help that, that would, that, that's my fear. My fear is that I'm not doing that I'm not doing enough for the people that are here before I leave. That's my fear. I think that's understandable, but also you, uh, I, I hope you can intel intellectually tell yourself you are doing so much. And it seems to me that you're doing everything you can. Thank you. Um, if, my instincts are correct about what it's going to be like when I do die. It is so important while I'm alive to get my act together, to not be petty, to not make people angry, to not be irritable so that when I do cross, I can, I can accomplish things because my spirit will be in the position to do so that it will not be hampered by my faults in the same way that, that, if I weren't being so, so careful, so assiduous in trying to minimize my, my uh, inferiority, the things that make me less. How are you mentally training? Um, be nice to people. <laughs> don't be a jerk. That's the hardest one. Don't be a jerk. Uh, don't be arrogant because I do have a blind spot in that. I'm sure that the listeners have heard it. Um, be open and humble before people um try to help but don't force myself don't don't, don't be obnoxious about it because uh, some people are not some people are obnoxious i mean and it really is irritating um i did I, I i mentioned to you guys about the man who approached me while i was walking and asked me about my staff and he was being overly friendly and i found him irritating and he said yeah that staff is used by people with aikido I said, well, okay, that's cool. Do you do Aikido? No, I do not. Then he said, uh, why do you have the staff? And I explained to him I have stage four cancer. And he said, oh, okay. Vitamin C and um, ozone can cure you. I looked at him and said, um, I didn't say anything. So he said, you have a doctor, right? And I said, yes. And he said, that's your first mistake. Oh, Jesus. No, that's exactly, that was my thought exactly, Donna. I thought, Okay, jackass. 
Yeah. I know I have cancer because medical science has advanced to the point where they can tell me, where they can look inside my body and see it. Medical science has been helping people like me for decades. Medical science has made us mistakes and learning from the mistakes and getting better and better. And I'm getting the best care from the best people ever. And your ass is going to come over here and tell me I need vitamin C and on ozone because you don't trust the people that you don't even know. And you don't even know me. So legitimate said, thank you very much. And just kept on going. Yeah. Um, another incident, which was really great. I, I, that one I didn't enjoy so much, but another one I really did enjoy. I was at the club and this woman uh, approaches me. She's being really nice, but she's being really pushy. And I'm sitting on the couch and she corners me on the couch. And she said, I'm, I'm over here to tell you that, that mushrooms can cure you. And I'm looking at, oh, I really don't want to have that conversation, but she's earnest, right? And there's no way I can get out of it without like, you know, basically telling her to leave, just leave me alone. So I, I let her go ahead. And she said, yes, there's all different kinds of mushrooms. You just have to find the right combination. As a matter of fact, the mushrooms I'm on right now are telling me to talk to you. Oh, okay. And I went, oh, okay. Now you've got my interest. They're talking to you. This is cool. So I said, tell me more. Because <laughs> then I thought I can tell Donna and James about this. <laughs> What did she have to say? Uh, she she just went on about how the mushrooms were, and, and she was being really nice about it. She was being a total sweetheart. So I focused on her concern for me and her aloha and her love. And I really enjoyed the conversation from that point. Nice. I mean, and that would, that would be a conversation I would want to dive <laughs> yeah. first into too. All right. Well, what are they saying? Let's mm -hmm. hear what those mushrooms have to say. Um, I uh, has throughout your journey up until now. So you're on like 14, 15 months, uh, uh, uh since your diagnosis, mm -hmm. um, April, May, June. Yeah. So, uh, 15, um, wh what's, uh, what has surprised you? The amount of compassion people show me everybody without exception, know somebody with cancer. Everybody, either they have it themselves or somebody very near to them is going through it. So let's say I'm irritable or something and I say, okay, I, I can't, I can't um, talk with you anymore. Like I'm, I'm having dinner or something, I've, I've got to go. And they say, oh, okay. And they're just so sweet. You know, because they understand that I, that I do have limited capacity. You know, and so when I say that, then then we'll wrap it up. And I I, I try not to be like, got to leave right now. But I, I, I let them know that, okay, I'm winded. And a lot of times, of course, I won't. And I think we talked about this before that a lot of times, I think that those of us who have cancer, we are enjoying the company of the people around us so much that when, when we're not feeling so good, we don't tell anybody. We just go ahead and, and push through it. And I've done that many, many, many times. And I'm glad I did. Because nine times out of 10, it has been well worth my while to basically just suck it up, you know, ignore what, ignore the pain that I'm going through, ignore the, the discomfort and just be with those people because they love me. That I, I feel that's, uh, that's a journey for all of us to be on, to know when to say, I need to go home and take care of myself now because I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm feeling emotional, whatever, regardless of your physical health. 
Uh, and when do you say, but I'm having a nice time or, but my friend needs me or, you know, I feel like that's always kind of a little bit of a tightrope for us to be walking. And especially, so how were you before the diagnoses? If you were out, um, you were with friends and you started feeling tired. I stay with them. You, you just. Until, until I could, you know, um, respectfully make, you know, bow out. Yeah. Now I've kind of, I've got a little bit more of an option. I can say, well, you know, this is the, I'm really starting to flag here. You know, would you guys mind? And immediately people are just so sweet immediately. Oh, oh, sure. We, you know, we understand, you know, go get some rest. Uh, and I, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is we should all always feel entitled to say, mm-hmm. I, I, I just need, feel the need to be at home. <laughs> I, I, I need to go. I'm, I've, uh, we shouldn't have to qualify it. Maybe. Well, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, especially if this is somebody who's come to visit me, mm. I may never see them again. So I yeah. want to make sure that in those moments, I definitely, you know, suck it up, buttercup. You know, just remember, this is a trade-off, okay, that you are getting support from these people. And you know for a fact, I know for a fact that the support from people is keeping me alive. I wouldn't be here now if it weren't for the aloha that people are giving me for the love I'm getting. So um, keeping that in mind constantly and being grateful. This is the thing, to be grateful to them. It's not a matter of me being nice to them. It's a matter of they are contributing to my survival. Mm. And therefore, I have an obligation to give them as much as I possibly can. Let's talk about, let's shift gears just a little bit and talk about uh, a day in your life now, because it's been a little while since we started having these conversations uh let's start us off at the beginning of your day what time do you normally do you have a set time that you wake up i try to sleep as much as i possibly can lately i've not been able to sleep past 1 30 a.m right so i'll get up get myself a bowl of cereal if i'm if i don't think that it's just a temporary thing uh because sometimes i'll do that and then i'll go back to sleep again and that'd be mm-hmm. fine and i don't consider that waking up yet. i just consider that kind of like a break um but sometimes that is when I get up and I'll, I'll have coffee and I'll start, uh, I'll talk to the artist that's working on the comic book. I'll talk to people on the continent because one thirty is 7.30, people are getting up on the East Coast, you mm-hmm. know, so I can talk to these people and, you know, make that, that connection with them in the morning for, for their morning, right? Um, usually I do get going around 3.30, which would be 9.30 for them, um, you know, 8.30 for people in, in the Midwest. So when you say get going around 3.30 a.m., what are you talking about? Having full breakfast, which is cereal and a couple of cups of coffee. Uh, then having oatmeal. So I usually have cereal, then oatmeal. Because okay. oatmeal is cereal. But, you know, you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying. And then uh, do you do anything? Like, do you meditate? Do you uh, read something in the morning? I catch up on the news, I catch up on Twitter. That's my big thing. Answer people on Facebook um, and prepare myself to um, go lift. 
Okay. So you're one of those early morning people at the gym. Well, um, I'm usually at the gym somewhere between 7.30 and 8.30. Oh, okay. So there's a few hours to prep myself. I've got, I've got to do prep. Okay. And um, the, uh, so the prep is that breakfast and the coffee and the catching up on the news and Twitter and all of that. Okay. Right. And biological functions. I'm not going to uh, go into details, but yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And then you go lift and you usually come right home. Yep. And collapse. Okay. Then and that, that is either, that's probably either second or third nap by that point, because in the prep, there's usually at least one nap. There might be two before I go lift. Then so short that, little, little nap, like you're falling asleep for 15 or 20 minutes. More like an hour. Oh, oh okay. They're, they're, they're good naps. They're, they're, they, they feel really good. I, they feel, I feel like something is happening that's very positive when I take them, that my body is doing a recovery of some kind. Oh. Uh, so then you come home and you take a nap. It's time for lunch. Yep. Um, get that. Uh, see if in, any more correspondences that I need to do. Um, take more naps. Because my dad, I think I mentioned this before, my day is disrupted by the naps because every time I take a nap like that, I have to start all over again. Yeah. Uh, And then how does your afternoon into evening, so there's naps in there. We know that on Friday and Saturday, you go dance the night away. Right. Um, But like on a Tuesday, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. When we wrap up here, um, you're going to take a nap? Yeah. Okay. And then get up and spend the evening at home. Yep. And uh, get, get more to eat because I need, I need to eat more. So that'll be part of the process of what I do now. Okay. Uh, and so definitely since we started talking, the naps are more frequent. Really? Okay. I had a feeling they might be. Yeah. So I had a friend who was did go through some chemotherapy and radiation and um, her cancer went into remission. And then when it came back, she decided not to do any of any treatment. And she would, um, she kind of lived her life in her bed and people would come visit her and to visit Joe meant that you sat on the edge of the bed and you talked to her and you would help her out in any way that she needed but she sort of just held court from her bed and she would sometimes wake up she was sleeping very erratically and um sometimes she would wake up and she would write she's a she was a writer she would write um and she marveled at a how the world came to sit at the side of her bed Uh, um, but also she felt so productive because she felt like she was just following the natural rhythm of her body and in the normal world um, we follow the rhythm of work and of family and of obligation and blah 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 rather than this is what I feel like doing right now so I'm gonna I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. and I'm going to record something or edit or whatever. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's 
partially why you are still so positive and together at this point is because you are following your natural rhythm as much as I can. And you've seen my Facebook page. That's pretty much what I do is I write on it. And I have, I have friends that are recording that mm-hmm. because that, that is part of the legacy of these things that hit me. And I, I tried to put, which is good because I put them on Facebook and then I put them on Twitter. So when I put them on Twitter, I have limited like letter count. So I've got to be succinct when I do it. I think that's a really good discipline. And with Facebook, I want to make sure that when I write a post, everything is everything is visible and if you write too much in facebook that that you get cut off mm-hmm. and you've got to click on it to get the to get the entire message out so i try to make sure everything this succinctness is basically what i'm what i've been going for it's a, it's a, a as a writing style it actually is a writing style now for me yeah that's really cool i used to love when Twitter was only 120 characters. You had to really boil down any thought that you had or wanted to share. You had to really boil it down and be so clear about what you're communicating. And I, that was, that was good for me to some extent. Well, let's take, okay. My latest post that I put on Facebook, how much longer we got? Two minutes. Okay. Uh, My latest post is, I'm going to bring it up right now. It um, has to do with, I was contemplating um, the um, Pure Land Buddhism with the notion that what do you do as a spiritual practice? You chant the name of Amida Buddha and you do it in gratitude for the fact that when you chant his name, um, you will be reborn in a Western paradise where it's really easy to become enlightened. And there's there's different versions of something like that where you do something to guarantee a good salvation for yourself. And to me, that practice is not appealing. For me, the practice would be to uh, get positive action from the universe for the people that I love. And so uh, I started out in, in a post saying, you know, in Pure Land, they do this. And it's also forget something in Islam and Christianity. And I realized there were too many words. So I had to boil it down, and this was the result. At this final stage of my life, I humbly invoke positive action from the universe for those I love. I want to be able to do as much as possible for them before I leave. For me, cancer is a blessing that continues to bring me gifts of joy and beauty. So it's kind of a a, a disjunctiveness between that first part and the second part. But from what I was saying, that's what it all boiled down to. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful note to end on. Thank you so much, Mickey. Sure. (laughs) We will talk with you again soon. Aloha. Aloha. I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying. <laughs>